Hey, welcome to the Misfits for Jesus radio ministry and podcast. How are you guys? Doing well. How about good. yourself? Well, we got a packed house here, Bill. Telling you. But do you know what the inquiring minds want to know what's going on with me and Mr. Lamont? Oh, yeah? You know, it, can I just brief them real quick? Sure. Jack and I have had some issues over the past 10 years. You know, of course, I'm trying to get him to talk, and uh, he hasn't spoken a word. Right. Uh, so we've been taking it to the streets a little bit. I'm going to give him one more chance, Barry, today. Uh, maybe with these guys here, it can actually get something out of maybe I'll say Jack. something? Jack, how are you today, brother? <laughs> still it's not a big deal. It's not yeah, a problem. Still Barry. nothing. It's not a problem because let me tell you something. I'll give it to Lamont. He's tougher than he looks. He's taking me out on kung fu. He's taking me out on barroom fighting, and of course, he's taking me out into boxing ring. But he doesn't know much about fencing. Ooh, Jack, mend your swords. I'll meet you out in front. Did he win you know again? What? I think next week we're going to go all medieval. Uh, <laughs> he won again. I'm going to for four. Wow. But you know what, Bear? There's always tomorrow. That's right. His mercies are renewed. Daily, <laughs> and, and we're glad about that. <laughs> so today we have an old friend come by. Mr. Richard Johnson is in the house. Hello, everybody. What's up? And Donnie Crew. Yeah. How's it going, y'all? And he's actually a little bit cooler looking than Richard. <laughs> and your wife, way over there with the video camera. Yeah. Oh, you're in trouble oh, now. Man. You're on video. Yeah, she's watching. Close to a good job. <laughs> so we met you uh, through unfortunate circumstances yes. a couple of weeks ago at a funeral for someone that had died from a heroin overdose. Yes. And you were given the, the privilege and the responsibility for, for witnessing so uh, at that funeral. Where would you want to start with your story? This is your 22, 24 minutes. What would you uh, want to talk about? Uh, my name's Donnie, and I appreciate y'all having me here. I feel Glad blessed here, to be here. Um, heard of nothing but good things about you guys out here at Misfits for Jesus. Um, I go to Element Church. I guess we'll start there. Um, I'll just jump right into it. I was born into a pretty rough family. The street life, the street mentality, violence. More of us had been in and out of jail than not. Um, I think there's only a select few of my family, cousins included, that haven't been locked up at one point or another. Okay. Um, it's, it's kind of the lifestyle. Um, so needless to say, I had a mother who tried really hard to steer us the other direction, but it was to no avail. Worked three jobs, three kids, single mother, and um, there's something about cycles. Um, that's what's important to me. I was caught in a cycle of failure and a misconception that the way that we live life out here is the only way. Um, drugs and alcohol is just something that 
I was taught, it was bred into me. Um, if you're happy, you drink. If you're sad, you drink. If you're happy, you get high. If you're sad, you get high. It's, it's kind of just what you do, it's how you survive. I guess the long and short of it is in and out of trouble throughout all my teen years. Um, very early age, running into trouble with the law, a lot of fighting, a big chip on my shoulder. And I think the common theme is feeling alone and feeling lost. Okay. I was never raised around religion. I didn't know anything about real love, real hope. Um, I just saw pain and I guess it was a norm. So causing people pain, knowing that tomorrow is gonna suck just as bad as the day before, it was just a, a daily thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I accepted it and I had it way better than a lot of people I knew. So let me put that in perspective. Um, as bad as my story could be, I didn't think it was all that bad because I saw people in my immediate family even that had it way worse than me. You know, the the violence they went through was much worse. The, uh, the drug abuse, the sexual abuse, the physical, mental, emotional abuse, it was all worse to somebody I knew very closely. So okay. I counted myself lucky in that. Um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older and in and out of jail and prison um, and I got to a point where I started to realize this isn't the only way and I wasn't happy. No matter what I did, there was no joy. Uh, so what year would this be? A pro when you start, so... Let's say um, 16 Okay. is when I went to prison. At the age of 12, I think I got arrested the first time. Drugs, stealing, just about everything you could think of. Did a lot of time in prison. When I got out, I had served time with my uncle and two of my cousins on the same prison yard. Hmm. So, again, the normalcy of it all, you know. I honestly was just a scared kid. I had a tough face to put on, but I was just scared, you know what I mean? And the one thing I always found um, from the age of 10, 11, 12 on up to fit in, if you will, was drugs and alcohol. Um, you can you're willing to fight and you'll get high or drunk or whatever and push the limits all of a sudden you fit in and you know misery loves company mm -hmm. i guess is yeah where, you got that right where that gets you I, I don't know hopelessness was probably the one word that summed up how i felt uh you know i did a lot of counseling a lot of therapy psychologist uh all that again god bless my mother she tried throughout all of it she tried and she tried medical help and inpatient and outpatient and I did everything the NA the AA everything it wasn't until I got out of prison in 2009 I was bigger more dangerous more confused um violence was really a part of my life at that point now I had a bunch of rage um I went right back to drugs and alcohol I was also a drug dealer I never really cared much for stealing um somehow in my DNA makeup I found a moral code you don't you don't hurt old people or women and children and you don't steal a man or earns what he has you know what okay. I mean and, and as messed up and twisted as it is in the lifestyle I lived I didn't think about selling drugs as selling death to people's kids you know what I mean I was moving a lot of drugs a lot of interactions with gangs and gang members here locally in St. Louis area or St. Louis, St. Charles, okay. um, pretty much all over Missouri. Okay. A little bit in Illinois. Um, 
it was not uncommon for me to have 13, 14, eight balls on me, um, methamphetamine, cocaine, um, little little bit of heroin here and there, a lot of acid, a lot of ecstasy, basically anything. Um, if it made money and I could get high on it, I did it. Yeah, I'd say getting high and getting drunk through all of it, I, I kind of had to, to, to live in fear constantly. And it's a scary lifestyle, you know what I mean? I was never really happy. I didn't trust anybody, and you really can't. It caused me many problems in relationships. I couldn't trust a woman. I couldn't, I couldn't trust a friend. I couldn't trust a brother. In my family, you kind of had to worry about your brother or your cousin or your uncle shooting you or stabbing you as much, if not more, as mm -hmm. a stranger. They've, my uncles have shot and stabbed each other multiple times. So that whole mentality really affected me. Um, and I think for any and all of those in my family that might listen to this, I'm not downing them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, they did what they were taught. They did, and they taught me that cycle. It's a godless upbringing. We're in a godless world. And I was living a very godless surrounding. Nobody that I knew knew anything about Jesus. You knew no Christians, no, no followers at all? No, not one. Um, we grew up on the south side. I believe there was a strong Catholic um, background to some of my, I believe my mom had a strong Catholic background, but you know that wasn't anything they brought to my world. And okay. it was no part of my dad's world. Uh, again, my grandparents may have went to church a time or two. There's nothing I ever remember seeing the inside of a church. I don't remember hearing the good news of Jesus. I don't remember none of that. You know what I mean? If there was someone with a Bible, uh, they were immediately criticized or made fun of uh, by my family. So it was it was shunned. And I believe that's because they felt like I felt hopeless, uh, that the whole thought of Jesus and the whole thought of the Bible promotes a thought of hope, that, that there is hope that tomorrow yeah. will be better. Right. Um, and when you're surrounded by violence and drugs and you're, you're lost in that daze of alcoholism and abuse, uh, you can't really see hope and you don't want to hear anything about it. I OD'd multiple times. Uh, between 2009 and just recently, 2019, I think was the last time. When I was 15, my dad put a needle in my arm for the first time. Again, he was high. I was running the streets with grown men. I don't think he really knew what he was doing. Not to take responsibility away from him, but whatever. I know God, I forgave him. You know what I mean? Um, we had a good conversation before he died about all this. and. You know, he explained to me that I made him talk to me about God, and um, he explained how that came about, um, but it did set me on a path where I was a needle user, and as I've talked to Richard about, not many people come back from that. Mm -hmm. um, in my family, nobody that once used a needle has ever stopped. So that just further solidified this feeling of hopelessness. Um, in about 2013, I got my door kicked in out in Hannibal, I was staying there. Um, I had basically what I would call a trap house out there. It was in my name, but I ran a lot of drugs out of there. A lot of random people. And, you know, I had a lot of close calls with dying and going back to prison and doing a lot of time and losing my life and almost killed people myself. And I never really understood why I got out of it. You know what I mean? How I just narrowly. And then they kicked in my door and I just knew I was going to prison for a long time. For whatever reason, they didn't. 
sent me to prison. They gave me a chance. They put me on probation. Um, I immediately started messing that up, the drugs. I was still selling them. They gave me an option after about a year of giving them fake urine. So, I mean, if I'd actually gave them my urine, I'd have melted the bottom of the cup. Um, but I was slick. I was from the streets. I knew how to play people, and I did that really well with probation officers, law enforcement people, so on and so forth. I finally told them, hey, I'm getting high. I've been getting high this whole time. I'm tired of feeling like this. You just need to send me back to prison. That's where I belong. Let's just get it over with. A woman named Sarah, she was my probation officer in Hannibal. She started the change in my life by speaking, prophesying hope in my life. Said wow. she saw something in me and she felt like Hannibal just wasn't the place for me and she saw potential in me. She told me if I could get on the phone, we're talking 7.30 at night. I was supposed to get locked up right there on the spot. If I get on the phone and find someone in my hometown uh, that would let me move in with them right there on the spot, they would let me jump in a vehicle. She wouldn't violate me and she'd have me transferred the next day. As God is my witness, my brother answered and needed a babysitter. So, um, Let's do this. Let's hold it right there. We're going to come back with the beginning of the good news, it sounds like, right? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Donnie. Lang Insurance is your local, trusted, independent insurance agency for 40 years and growing. Steve Lang says, I dare you to compare your current home and auto insurance policy to our top 10 insurance companies. Most of the time, we will save you money, sometimes thousands. Either way, you will know that you have the best policy at the best price. Lang Insurance, someone local you can trust. For a free, no obligation insurance quote on home, auto, business, life, and health, call 636-229-7000, 636-229-7000, or go to langinsurance.com 24-7. Dare to compare Lang Insurance. Hey, welcome back. We're here with Donnie Crew, and we're just getting ready to hear the good part of the story. Right? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so, um, as I was saying, my PO let me, uh, again, you, you don't trust the police and you don't trust anybody that's involved with them. If you're in the system, none of them can be trusted. Um, this was kind of the beginning of a lot of hope and change in my life. And I, I think this is where God started showing himself um, and pulling me towards him. Is it safe to say that Sarah was the first Christian, spirit-led Christian you've ever seen? Or that you remember? I, you know, I... I, I don't want to lie. I'm not even sure if she was a Christian. Wow. She appreciated that I was telling her the truth. Okay. She appreciated that I didn't know a whole lot about her, and I was so high, man. I was so high. I was so ready to end my life, um, whether that meant not being here or going back to jail or whatever it was. I just knew I wasn't happy. Um, and she, a stranger, to tell me, I just think you're a better person than, than what wow. I'm seeing. Uh, that was a lot. I don't know if she was a Christian or not. But definitely used of the Lord. Yeah, for definitely. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> God's um, lighting things up. For yes, him. he is. He's That's pretty so good cool, at it. Yeah, Amy. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the first times I can look back and say, "Man, God is amazing." And now that I'm looking for God, I see it everywhere. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so my brother answered, and he needed a babysitter. Bro, forgive me if you hear this. Uh, him and his 
circle, they were some of my biggest customers. So this was scary. He let me come. Uh, we didn't have long to talk. I just said, man, I'm either going to prison or I'm coming to live with you. So I moved in with him that night. Said goodbye to my wife, who's over here in my right, who I had been cheating on. And there'd been so much chaos. Uh, been a horrible relationship. Um, so How long have you two been married? Six years six now. Years. Okay. Wow. Been together since 2010. Okay. Again, the the last five six years has been the good part. You okay. know what I mean? Since God has been the focal point, Hallelujah. things have been better. Um, Imagine that. Yeah. I, I know, right? <laughs> kind of <laughs> um, funny how that works. <laughs> man, you know, I was kind of sad telling the beginning of this, but I'm starting to feel joy uh, thinking about where it's going. Yeah. So, I get to my brother's house, and one of his rules is I had to get a job which holding the nine to five was not something I was ever good at. I didn't believe I could, no one else believed I could, so it never happened. I had to get a job, I had to pay him some rent, which I didn't like, <laughs> and I had to go to church with him. That was mm. every Sunday I was gonna get up and I was gonna go to church. Okay. Knowing that he was a drug user because I sold to him, I didn't have really very many high hopes, if you will, about this church or any other church, like, you buy most of my drugs, you know what I mean? Don't tell me about how Jesus this and you're right. we got to go to church, you know what I mean? But I, yeah, I'm going to do what you need me to do, you know what I mean? Um, there was a part of me, though, honestly, that I had hope. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I needed something because what I'd been doing wasn't working. So I went to Element Church, and, um, you know, we all have our preconceived notions of what God is and what church is going to be like. And right. If you've never seen it, if you've never been in a church like myself, um, you can only go off of social media and TV and right. movies and things like that. You know, I expected for there to be a bunch of hypocrites, a bunch of Bible thumpers that are going to shove judgment and and a wedge between me and whatever it is. You know what I mean? So um, I went in there dressed as I am, um, baggy pants at the time. My hat was cocked to the side. I had a rag hanging in my pocket, covered in tattoos. Um, I clearly, <laughs> All kind of guy. Yeah, no I clearly <laughs> didn't walk like I was born in Money or in Wentzville. If I'm being honest, I put a little extra Southside swag on it just to <laughs> hurry it up. You right. guys are gonna say something to me. Let's get it over. All with. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it, it backfired, man. Uh, God was there, and I think since that time, while. While things haven't been perfect, God's been there ever since I walked in. And a gentleman named William Aki, him and a few other guys, they saw me. And I did stand out like a sore thumb, and they swarmed me. A bunch of strangers hugging me and, hey, nice to meet you. And I was wild, man. And, and it was it was love, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was strange. Didn't know how to take that. I'm used to being looked at and instantly thought, there goes a thug. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't get that. That was strange. I know I cried and I said the prayer at the end of service and, and I talked to God and it was real. I I talked to God when I was in jail, but long enough to get out of jail. <laughs> yeah, get me out of here. Make a deal. Uh, make a deal. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, get me through this one, you know, all that. Um, this was in 2013. Oh, okay. This was in 2013 okay. when I uh, first moved in with my brother. I think I was 31, 32-ish around there. I, uh, I did get a job. Things got a little better. I did beat the, the drug addiction momentarily. I stopped selling. Um, obviously, I was in my brother's house, and he had kids there. So 
um, I wasn't selling and I wasn't using regardless of what was going on around me, but it didn't last. You know what I mean? It didn't last. Um, and for whatever reason, I used to think, you know, from 2013 to, oh, I don't know, 2015, 2016, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I used to question whether or not it was real. I was real. It was authentic. I was authentic. All right. You know, yeah, cool. um, yeah. and 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 the people and and because it wasn't beating addiction it isn't easy man it's i'd i'd get clean and and i'd i'd tackle what i now understand to be a swarm of demons Mm -hmm. and i'd fight them off and then boom here comes some other ones you know what i mean and if i had everything that was current in 2014 handled something from my past would come up and those demons would find a way to get into my head and pull me back into the lifestyle. Some people at the church I go to, they've been praying for me for a long time. There's power in prayer. If there's one message I I give to people a lot, especially people that do know the love of God now, it's that you have to pray. You have to keep praying and you have to believe that that prayer is real because I truly believe it is. Um, There were many people praying for me behind the scenes. Uh, It was around that time I think I first met Richard and I started going to a men's group with uh, Bill and Richard and a few other guys. Ah, I think 2013 is the first time I went there, but I'd come and I'd go. It took, you know, 20-something, 30-something years for me to get as messed up as I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It took um, a while to work it out. Man. Yeah, that's so just normal, yeah. that overnight magic pill, that's not what <coughs> God is. That's not what... <laughs> That's not reality. Where this isn't Harry Potter. This is real life. And uh, if the the devil's been getting through to you with drugs and alcohol for this long, the chances of that just going away instantly it's not impossible. I don't I don't put anything past my God, but it's not the miracle pill that a lot of people are looking for. Right. My testimony is that no matter what, when I when I knew God was real which was in 2013, I never gave up hope. I had to keep hope alive. Um, Like I said, since then, I've been in fights. Um, I've almost taken my own life with drugs, not intentionally, but you know, you you get so high, you ain't slept in days, you're putting drugs in needle, and it can take you out. Um, No matter how low I've gotten since then, I screamed out to God. I screamed out to God. my wife's actually heard me physically out loud scream out to God, whether I was cussing at him because I hated how life was going or I was thanking him because how great it was. God's a real person and I have a real relationship with him. Um, it can be like any other relationship or conversation that you have. Since I've been treating it as a real father-son relationship and I talk to him daily, um, God's God's got me through a lot. Uh, in 2019, there were ups and downs to get to that point. Um, I can't say that uh, it was all perfect through there. I won't put on this fake front about who God and, and faith is. Um, but I had to work through demons, and I did. I lost my father in that time. The amount of skeletons in my closet I had behind my relationship with my dad blew my mind. You know what I mean? But I had God now, and no matter how bad it would get, no matter how many curveballs life and the devil threw at me, I had a support group of strong Christian men. Um, I had a church that I called home. 
I mean, it was nothing like what I saw in the movies, you know what I mean? It was nothing like my family had taught me church would be. Um, I had a wife sticking by me, and I had faith and hope. Um, man, that was a life changer, a game changer, to have hope, to think that tomorrow doesn't have to be just like yesterday, and to know that it was true. Uh, you have to start surrounding yourself with people that are in the places you want to go. Um, if you surround yourself with people that are at the bottom and they live in that, you're going to stay at the bottom. It's kind of hard to get out of And you're going to live at the bottom. So people that were happy all the time, that's who I wanted to conversate with. People who were, and again, uh, through fighting these demons, I got a job in 2019, 2018, 2019. I've done construction my whole life in between being a drug dealer, but I was mainly a drug dealer, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Never was a real good employee because I was high. <laughs> um, 2018, I had I gotten much closer to a, a sober way of living. When I quit the hard stuff, I quit it for a longer period. You know what I mean? If I did go back to it, I'd keep the needle out of it mostly. I know that sounds crazy, man. I but get it. it that, that was life. Um, and and I'd, I'd put down one, and I'd pick up the drinking a little heavier, and I used weed heavily to get me through whatever uh, withdrawals, I guess you would say, I was having. Um, and I got this job, and I'd been interacting with a strong prayer team through Element Church. And I ended up getting into a fight with my foreman. Nothing new. I've been in physical altercations with three or four bosses. Um, this one, I got stitches. He got stitches. So I needed a new job. I wasn't fired because I was attacked. It wasn't my fault. But I needed a new job. My buddy who works in the union, he offered it to me. And only because he had heard of the changes I've been making. Yeah, clean it up, yeah. It, it, I wasn't perfect yet. Don't get me wrong, but he's known me since I was 12, and he he had heard and seen some of the changes through church, through God, and he'd seen God in me. Um, so he was willing to give me a chance. So small changes, and and one thing leads to another, and it all adds up. Um, I, I got this job, and I remember talking to God, and I literally had just got a dope case. 2019, got pulled over had a little bit of drugs on me and I was I was I was really sure that I was gonna go to prison but I didn't give up I prayed to God that whatever happened even if I go back to prison I know I know who he is I know he loves me and I'm not gonna be the same person that I was and uh, a couple months later I, I stood on that I never touched the drug again and they threw the drug charge out the cop saw something in me because I was honest when he pulled me over I handed it to him <coughs> I never forget him as long as I live. Wow. He he made That's it disappear. One of the boys. Yeah. Yeah. He made it disappear. He really yeah. did. Um, and then I got the job, and I stayed off the hard stuff. I haven't touched it. I've stayed plugged into my church so hard. Um, I do support groups two, three times a week. I go to men's groups. I go to church. Um, I can't say enough good things about what God has done in my life. I've now been off of everything since... Thanksgiving of last year, I haven't drank. I haven't Crowd smoked awesome. weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I even yeah. put down cigarettes and hey, vaping, awesome. and and Did it you? was it was crazy to know God can do anything. Just to really look at all the times He acted in my life, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do what I've never seen anybody do. God take all of it from me. I rely on Him. I don't need cigarettes. I don't need vape. I don't need weed. I don't need fighting. I don't need the hard stuff. I don't even need alcohol. Um, I don't know anybody who's ever done that. So 
and it's not me it's it's god and and yeah i'd say i'd say to go from where i started to where i'm at right now people don't recognize me um because you're a new creation actually yeah and it's real i i just saw my my family the ones that raised me last night my grandpa is in the hospital um i saw all them for the first time in a long time because i cut off everybody when i wanted to change and uh they were so proud, man. They never seen you with this cool. much weight on me. They never, they never seen any. And, and I talked about Jesus openly, and it was so cool. You know what I mean? To, <laughs> we got to land the plane, boys. Jack's good, man. Mean bug. We'll skip the gospel hot seat because he just told. You. Yeah, right. Donnie, right. we love you, man. It's all about love you too, dude. Yeah, Richard, it's awesome. We dude. love you too, dude. Have a great week, you guys. Make sure to tell somebody about Jesus. That's all. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict.